0: well this is commitment Sunday and uh, later in the service during the uh, hymn of commitment toward the end we're going to ask uh, you to uh, bring your commitment card forward and place in the baskets that are in the same place they are when we have communion if that's not something you want to do or that you can do you can place them in the offering plate when the regular offering comes around if you've already gone online and uh, made your commitment uh, feel free to grab a blank card out of the pew and bring that with you and place that card here if you want to be a part of that moment of commitment Uh, thank you for being here and thank you for this day investing in others our text today is from Acts chapter 4 beginning with verse 32 we've talked about investing our lives investing our money investing in the future and today Investing in others, which is ultimately what we do in the church. Would you stand with me as we hear these words of Scripture? Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. There was a Levite, a native of Cyprus, Joseph, to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field that belonged to him, then brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Just last week, I received in the mail. A copy of a um, newspaper article from the Little Rock paper uh, from the year I was born. It came from my brother, I assume, because he works at the paper, but it was in an envelope that the return address was the paper and there was no note or post it or letter or anything in it. So I assume it was from my brother. Uh, and it is. Uh, The week of my birth, and it's the story about my church that I grew up in, planning to build a new building. They were trying to raise $40,000. That's a lot of money then. I wish we could do that now for $40,000. And I loved reading it, but the thing I loved most about it was at the end of the article, it listed the people on the planning and building committee. And as i read that list it was amazing except for one name i remember every one of those people very well in fact i can picture them in my mind as if i'd seen them yesterday it's a lineup of very important people in my life one of the names there is my father harold hughes it struck me as i looked at this article that when this uh, was uh, happening, my father was 33 years old. I didn't think my father was ever 33 (laughs) years old. My earliest memories, his hair was already snow white, and uh, I just always thought he was older than he was. Um, But he was 33, who knew? I thought he was born at 40 and just got older from there, but he was a young man. And my dad was a great leader in the ch- in that church for uh, well over fifty years, and uh, he was the kind of leader people listened to because he very seldom said much. He was a quiet man, but when he did, it was worth listening to. And I thought about my father and the things he invested in me that still are such a part of my life today. My value system. My work ethic, my faith that he instilled in me. Wisdom of how to live as a disciple and live as a pastor. I'm very grateful that my dad invested in me that way. There's another name there, Mr. Beshires. Mr. Bashires' wife was my mother's best friend for over 50 years. And Mr. Beshires gave me my first job. The summer after the sixth grade he hired me and he hired me for several summers after that and he invested in me the importance of being a person that was responsible and did what they were supposed to do to be somebody that could be counted on because you signed up for a job then there's a name Earl Vinson you've heard me speak of him he's the guy in the church Who never once in my whole life called me Barry he always referred to me as little preach because he said that he was at the hospital when I was born and he told my mother and father that I was going to be a preacher like my grandfather and his way of making that happen was to never once call me Barry but to call me little preach from my earliest memories till I was in college I was little preach and old Earl instilled in me, uh, in a strange way, a confidence and a sense that I really could do whatever God called me to do. Then Mr. Buchanan's there at the very end of that list. I remember him so vividly because his wife was my second grade Sunday school teacher. And I can still remember... Clearly, in my mind, the Sunday school lesson on Valentine's Day when I was in the second grade, she gave us all a little red heart-shaped sucker, and she told us that God loved us no matter what. That's still changing my life to this very day she invested in me this belief that God loves all of us and that everyone is included in God's love I could go on and name teachers and professors and people in churches throughout my ministry who invested in me but when I look back on my life I'm amazed and I'm overwhelmed at the people, the number of people who poured their life into mine, who invested in me. I don't know why they did it, but I am sure glad they did it. I wonder now if they ever realized what a difference they made in my life, what a difference they're still making in my life all these decades later the other thing that struck me about that article from my brother as I read that list of names there's not a person on that list that's still living but the people they invested in and the church they invested in is still going strong talk about investing well when we invest in others not even death can diminish the power of that it transcends time and our mortality to invest in others we first hear about this intense kind of investing in others in the second chapter of Acts a couple of chapters earlier than our text today it's been uh, Pentecost and people have experienced the miracle of the coming of the Spirit and the preaching that they understood no matter what their language was And no one wanted to leave because they wanted to know what was going to happen next and so they didn't go home and they ended up having to pool everything to make sure people had enough money to eat and places to stay and uh, they were waiting because they believed in the life death and resurrection of Jesus that the end of the age had begun and that they were gonna see Jesus return today or tomorrow or the next day and they didn't want to miss it and because they believed that that the return of Christ was so imminent they believed it mattered that their friends and their families hear the message of the gospel and respond to it they believed it mattered that their friends and their neighbors and their village the whole world have a chance to hear this good news. And so they invested in each other so they could learn and grow and be a part of proclaiming the gospel around the world. Today's text in chapter four is another example of that kind of moment in the life of the disciples. A generous attitude giving and investing in others made room for a lot of grace did you love that phrase did you catch it a great grace was upon them all what a beautiful image what a beautiful idea grace happens when we invest our lives in the lives of other people and one of the examples in this text today is that we come to meet barnabas a man who single-handedly convinced the church to accept Saul, we know as Paul, to accept him into the church. Without Barnabas, who knows how that story would have gone. Paul may not have gone on to be the great missionary, the apostle to the Gentiles. Grace happens when we invest in other people. And those early disciples knew how to invest well they invested all that they had they opened their homes they shared meals they prayed together they proclaimed the gospel together they shared in the service to the needy and the hurting around them in all these ways they invested in other people and I think there's an important spiritual principle at work here I think that's why Luke gives us two stories that are so similar to make sure that we see it. And this is the principle. When we invest in others, we make room for God to do great things, both in their life and in our own. When we invest in others, we make room for God to do great things, both in their life and in our own. When we invest in others, we kind of turn loose the power of God in our own life. And when we invest in others, we make room for all kinds of grace to happen in our life and in other people's lives and in the world. And when we invest in the lives of others, the life-changing message of the gospel becomes not only the words of the church, but the substance of our life. Not just the words of the church but the substance of our lives it becomes who we are we are the good news in the world investing in others is a way to balance our life out we're always taking in great gifts from God through other people who are investing in us and we need to turn around and let that flow through us into the lives of others investing in them the way people Have invested in us when we invest in other people we find that we have open hearts to the people and the opportunities that God brings into our life and I don't know about you but it's been my experience that it's hard to invest in other people without coming to love them and to love them unconditionally the way God loves us Saint Francis wrote that it is in giving that we receive Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive Jesus lived that truth didn't he aren't we here today because Jesus invested his very life for others gave his very life for others Jesus poured his life into the disciples, and they poured their life into some disciples. And those disciples invested in other disciples in an unbroken line from Jesus to this very day in this very room at Sun Creek United Methodist Church. That's the power of investing in others. It's our chapter in the story. Theirs is chapter 4 of Acts. We're about chapter 1,000 and something. And it's our chapter to invest in ways that change lives and change the world. And when we invest in others through this church, we're doing that. We're bringing people to faith and growing people in faith. We're feeding the hungry and caring for the homeless. We're caring for the sick and the grieving and blessing children of all ages. We're helping people who are victims of violence begin new lives all that we're a part of all that when we invest in others through this church what an opportunity and what a gift someday who might look back and remember us the way I look back and remember all those old guys in that article that my brother sent me in the paper. I don't know about you, but could there be anything better than for people to see our name and think of all the ways we invested in them and all the ways we helped them become the people God called them to be? That's what life's all about. May it be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.